Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. Today is episode 20, an exciting milestone for the podcast. And today we're excited to have John Juniman share with us uh, and for our devotion. John is one of the newer evangelists within the Francis Asbury Society, a gifted speaker and teacher. Uh, today, John shares from 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, an important charge that Paul gives to Timothy, which most certainly applies to us today of all the messages we're receiving out in the world and our culture. It is important to get back to the very simple charge that, that God gives us as we try to live out our faith. You'll enjoy this devotion. Be blessed. Um, if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. I have been uh, really uh, absorbing all I can from 2 Timothy chapters 3 and 4, which are, uh, as you know, Paul's, that we have um, his final words uh, to Timothy, as well as the final words that we have uh, recorded from him in the canon of Scripture. Uh, so that alone uh, puts a special uh, sense about it. It's it's gripping. Um, it's that sense of uh, what if you knew you only had uh, a few days left or a few hours left on this earth, uh, what would you say and to whom would you say it? So every, everything about this letter has that air of uh, urgency, um, uh, desperation. Um, not to mention where he's writing from. We understand from the background that he's writing from uh, uh, prison in Rome, captivity, uh, Mamertine prison, which was actually kind of like a, uh, in truth, a dungeon, really, uh, that he's writing from here in this situation. So it's it's desperate situation. I mean, he really wants to get this message across to Timothy in these final words. Um, this is not a theological letter. First Timothy was more um, theology and practice. This letter is purely uh, having to do with like relation. It's very relational. It's very much um, father to son, um, hand off the baton, kind of the um, the sense of the Olympic torchbearer where um, you you run that torch to the spot and then you're handing it off to the next person. So that that's the whole air of this letter. Um, lately, I've been in chapter four and I'd like to just begin reading um, chapter four. These are well-known words, but uh, I've really been uh, touched by them and impacted by them in a new way. Um, in chapter four, verses one to four, these are verses that um, we often hear read at an ordination service. And uh, But um, I'm hearing them in a new way from some of the original language in which Paul wrote. I'd like to just share that a little bit with you today. He says, I charge you. I charge you, this is New King James, I charge you therefore before God and Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. And you can't overemphasize the uh, the all capital nature of that there. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, literally piles of teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. The thing that um, hit me most about those verses, uh, especially verses one to two, this is kind of in two parts. Verses one to two kind of give a focus, and then he explains that in verses three and four. 
But what struck me about verses one and two in a new way that I never really heard before, and I've never really read it myself that way before, was the intensity of it. There, there is so much about this. I mean, when we, when I have read those verses or when we hear those verses in an ordination service, it's a very uh, kind of a solemn, more moment. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's very uh, warm moments and things like that. But this is the tone of Paul's voice that comes through in the Greek grammar and vocabulary in verses one and two is, is one of, if, if this is an okay word use, is one of intensity, of, of passion, of focus. It's almost like, I, I don't know if he raised his voice as he was writing this or, or dictated it, but it definitely has that sense to it. And there, there's a few things. For instance, the word charge, the, the word char, I charge you, that, that word itself. Um, has the idea of urgency because um, other translations like the New Living Translation say, I solemnly urge you. This is not a word that we use just every day. It, this is a word that is called for in intense circumstances. Um, I implore you thoroughly might be another translation of the word in Greek. So right off the bat, it's the, it's the idea that there's, the tone has been raised here in this. Um, he also says then in verse one, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is like, oh, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. And we just, I, I oftentimes just breeze over words like that. But if you think about the whole sense of accountability of this, this is a, he, this is accountable before God. Jesus is coming back. And this whole picture of this, again, this is urgent. This is solemn. And this is, this is rather intense. But the real intensity, if that's not enough, um, is, is in verse 2, where he uses, and, and the core of this admonition here at the end of the letter is in these two imperatives in the Greek that he gives. The, the imperatives, as you know, are, are command words in Greek. So the preach the word and be ready are the two imperatives. So this preach the word is not a, uh, it's not a suggestion. It's not a uh, these are good tips for a young pastor, uh, things like that. This is um, the preaching of the word is an imperative. And not only preach the word, but be ready. And, and the, best, the best way I can explain the be ready is kind of like um, when I ran track when I was young, um, you're, you're in the starting blocks there. And that starter says, on your mark, get ready, get set. That's the word. So be ready, be standing at alert, be ready at all. It's kind of like John Wesley said, be ready at all times to preach, pray, or die. That's, that's the sense here of this preach the word. And at all times, the urgency of this is to be ready. So it's almost like, again, voice raise. And, and the whole picture I get of this urgency about Timothy, above all things, above all things that I could tell you, I mean, I mean, think about if these are final words, and we don't know if Timothy made it to Rome or not, if these are indeed final words, and, and these were the last things you wanted to say, I mean, what, what would you tell a son? What would you tell a young pastor? There's all kinds of things you'd tell a pastor that are important. You know, there's lots of important things as a pastor. You're supposed to get there early to get the bulletin printed and uh, make sure the thermostat is set just right. And you have a lot of important to make sure the marquee is right out front of the church. All these important things as a pastor. But Tim, Timothy, it's almost like the picture is um, 
like a father with his hands on his shoulders. You reach out, your hands are on his shoulders. Look me in the eye. And I'm telling you what's urgent and important is preach the word. And if that's not enough, at the end of verse two, he adds three more imperatives that we won't get into just for sake of time. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So by the time you get to the end of verse two, if you're reading this, if you're Timothy, it's kind of like uh, your hair's blown back. It's just kind of like this, whoa, what did I just get hit with this intensity? And it reminded me that we live in intense times. Um, no, nobody has to explain to any of us the intensity of the times, the rhetoric in which we live in our day. We, we live in intense political times. Um, even today, the intensity level in the United States is rather high as we prepare for a Roe versus Wade decision to be handed down from the Supreme Court. Everybody's on high intensity right now. Our sports gets intense. Um, when you grow up in Chicago, like I did, um, you're raised to hate the Green Bay Packers. It's just a level of intensity. It's kind of like, um, it'd be similar to talking to a UK person about Louisville or something like that. It's that, it's that level of intensity. Um, church people can get intense about stuff, right? Did I get an amen on the UK thing or something? So we get intense about church stuff gets intense. It often makes me wonder if I get intense about the wrong things. Um, and I believe that a part of revival and sanctification is that we, we know in holiness that entire sanctification can produce a sanctified, pure heart in a moment. We believe in the purification of the heart motive the sanctification, entire sanctification can take place in a crisis moment, a moment of time of full surrender and consecration where it purifies my heart. And yet we also know that that's followed by a process. And a part of that process is often God refining my focus and what I get intense about. And I believe at least a part of the revival that we constantly need and, and the awakening that we constantly need in our lives is to say, Lord, would you continue to show me what really matters and to be focused and passionate and intense about the things that matter to you. So Paul's calling Timothy to an intensity about what really matters. Timothy, above all things, whether Chicago wins or loses, whether UK wins, or whatever happens at the church, whatever happens in politics, Timothy, be focused about preaching the word and standing in the truth with all your heart and life. So in verses three and four, he gives the explanation for why that's so necessary in our times. You'll notice that the first word in verse three is the word for. So that's, that's a word of explanation of what's gone before. Preach the word, be ready, stand in the truth. At, and by the way, in season, out of season means all good times, bad times, all the time. So stand in the word always, preach the word. We've got to preach the word, the message of scriptural holiness. Be ready all the time. For the time will come when, and he gives us explanation that we read, they will not endure sound doctrine, according to their own desires, they will have itching ears, they heap up for themselves teachers, they'll turn their ears away from the truth, be certain, turned aside to fables. So there's two dynamics there that are taking place in the world, that, and I think are in full display today, that necessitate this call to be focused and intense. Remember, father with his hands on the shoulders, look me in the eye, please hear this, that necessitate our, our passionate, focused, intense commitment to preaching 
a scriptural message, a message of scriptural holiness to preach the word. One is that they're simply going to turn away from the truth. There, there is going to be a, an increasing disappetite for the truth. The truth is not going to be popular. And, and you see all the descriptions there in both verse three and verse four. They will not endure. They will not put up with sound doctrine. Verse four, they will turn their ears away from the truth. And, and these are the things that we see increasingly happening in our day as well. We, we see almost anything goes except the truth of the word, doesn't it? <laughs> it's almost like I call it Satan's ABC strategy. Anything but Christ. <laughs> is what's popular in, and even in the church. ABC, anything but Christ. You can you can get into any topic, any issue, and um, that's okay as long as it's not the truth of the word. Then you get opposition. And so we see this increasingly in our day. And, and he talked about they're going to have their, um, they will heap up for themselves teachers, literally piles of teachers. And we, we are increasingly inundated with these You've got to read this and you've got to hear this and you've got to listen to this and these piles and piles of things we ought to listen to except the truth. So they, they will be against the truth, but they will be for themselves. So you hear really clearly in verse three, this sense of self, self-centeredness according to their own desires and they will heap up for themselves. So that the trend the direction of the world will always be against truth for self. And it goes without saying on, on this meeting this morning that we believe that that is always the root issue for humanity. Self-centeredness is not an issue that we face. It is the root core issue. And the world gets so distracted, and sometimes the church does, we chase after symptoms and forget that. Uh, beneath every social ill and societal ill and every symptom is the root of self-centeredness. And so I believe that our holiness message, the message of scriptural holiness, is more needed now than it ever has been. There, there is a great need in our day more than there ever has been. So simply put, what do we do about it? Simply put, and I think this is what Paul, Paul's not just trying to give Timothy bad news. He's trying to direct Timothy. So what do we do about it? And simply it comes back to those two. It sounds simplistic. I, I, I believe that we will be accused of being simplistic about this. I think that's part of the spiritual attack. But I think simply put, Paul says, Timothy, the answer to the need of our world in these days is to preach the truth, preach the word and stand in the truth. That is the solution for humanity is a message. And, and we would say a message of scriptural holiness. Preach the word. That's the, and, and I, I just believe there needs to be, I believe God is calling us to an increasingly intense, focused, passionate commitment to that, that we desperately need the preaching of the word and the standing in the truth in our day. But one more thing. And this is what really affected me by this. And I'll, and I'll finish with this. When it's Jesus, when it's Jesus, when, when, when it's Jesus working in us, as Paul calls Timothy to in this letter, our intensity as holiness Christians is different from the world's. 
And we know that the world is an intense place and we'll watch the news today and we'll, we'll, we'll realize that even more. And the church can be an intense place. But Jesus's intensity in us has a different tone and focus and feel than the world's. The world's intensity is kind of a, uh, it's a finger wagging, it's an in-your-face kind of, and that, that's the only way the world knows how to be. And the prayer is that holiness would not be a finger wagging kind of a message and in, in your face, but more of a, a hand reaching out of invitation. And at the end of verse two, he says, preach the word, be ready in season, on season, and then convince, rebuke, exhort. Those are all strong words, but listen, with all long suffering and teaching, with long suffering and teaching. So the whole tone of this letter, even if you go back to the end of chapter two, and I promise I won't prolong this. If you go back to the end of chapter two, like verse 23 and verse 24, he talks about a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach and patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God will grant them repent so they may know the truth. And then this whole business of long suffering. See, when Jesus is at work in us and his sanctifying work, increasingly, it makes us sweeter as the years go by. And Oswald Jambers just talked about this in his devotion the other day, too. Jesus makes us sweeter and holiness becomes not this kind of a condemn, condemning message, a finger wag. You know, get the picture of the old um, <laughs> grumpy, grouchy, sour, dour person wag wagging their finger at the world saying, you know, you're back. But what if holiness, the urgency that we need in our day, comes across in a message that is, we're going to preach the word and we're going to stand in the truth, but Jesus so sanctify us, so tenderize us, so soften us, so work in us that our intensity is your intensity and, and our passion is your passion. Our focus is your focus. That is not a finger wagging, but almost like a hand reaching out. And, and I just believe everybody today, I believe that the holiness message is not just what is needed more than ever. I, I believe there is something so inviting about it. And, and I pray my prayer for us in these days as Francis, as a great society and each of us in individual ministries, that the holiness message through us would be inviting in our day. So that, that is the process that God has called us to as well, that in even today and in these weeks, Lord, would you continue to sanctify us and revive us and move in us so that your intensity, your focus, your passion is ours. We preach the word, we stand in the truth, yet as you do that through us, it's sweet and it's inviting to a world that so desperately needs us, needs it. So thank you all for letting me share, Josh. Thank you, John, for sharing this great word. And thank you for checking out our podcast. We do continue to pray that these are a blessing and encouragement to you. We invite you to leave a review, to share, to subscribe. All those things help get these important devotions out there to more people. Uh, feel free, share them with the friends and family. Uh, people you know uh, will be blessed by them. As always, if you need more information about the Francis Asbury Society, we would love uh, to hear from you. Check out our website, www.francisasburysociety.com. 
feel free to email us, reach out at any time. We would love to hear from you, love to uh, be an encouragement to you, and we know that you'll be an encouragement to us. So thanks again for checking us out. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.